Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Jean Gallagher, founder of Discover Rising Tides, and welcome to show 43, Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better, where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life balance. Through this series, we will be talking with women business owners to understand their journey. And today, as always, we start with our Healthy Living, Happy Life segment with Denise Degal. Hi, Denise. Hello, hello. Good to see you, Jean. Good to see you too. Denise is an international best-selling author of Healthy Living, Happy Life, a practical path to finding a healthy lifestyle that works for you and curator of Healthy Living List. This month's topic is healthy movement, moving forward in our mindset. And then our second segment will be our main guest, Megan Walls. So Denise, what do you have us for us today? So today we're going to talk about moving. And I like the concept of moving because you can take this in a lot of different directions, you know, moving forward, you know, um, moving when it comes to exercise, moving when it comes to, you know, kind of getting your juices flowing, you know, digestion wise, but all of those things really stem from having a moving forward mindset or moving mindset, which is to me is the ability to focus on the positive possibilities that uh, the, that life has for us. You know, too often we focus on the negative. I mean, if you turn on the news, everything's negative, but there's so many positive things in the world, in our lives. Um, and really it, it, it depends on the choices that we make. So moving forward in our career, in our health goals, in our personal professional career goals, you know, all of those things stems from wanting to move forward and having a positive moving mindset. I like that a lot. And it is the mindset I think is really important. One of the things that's come up for me lately in conversation with my business coach is the words that I use or that we all use in using the word should versus the word can. Absolutely. That's one of the first things, or um, sh I should be doing this. And we, we there's the phrase, you know, we, we're shooting on ourselves. The other word, another word is can't. Mm -hmm. So many times we say, well, I can't do that. And we say it without actually even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. To me, can't means more often than not won't. You don't mm -hmm. want to. That's different. If you don't want to do something, that's different than saying you can't. Mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. there's kind of just that, that, that little tweak of positivity to, uh, about, you know, you can and cannot or would or would not um, really changes your mindset. And it, it just it, it lifts a bit of a fog when we kind of sit there and go, oh, you know, I can't do this or, you know, I, I can't exercise. We'll, we'll use that phrase. You know, I can't exercise. Oh, I don't have time to exercise. No, we can all find the time. Exercise mm -hmm. 20 minutes a day. We can do that. 30 minutes a day, we can find the time. It's that we don't want to. Mm. And when, and there could be reasons why, but often it, you know, it takes time. We know that. Um, it takes energy, which if we're actually working out and exercising, we actually have more energy. Mm -hmm. But it also, it, to start with though, it really starts from that mental energy and that mental um, capacity to say, you know, I can do this. Why don't I want to? Mm. And just mm -hmm. to tweak that. And if you don't want to for a specific reason, um, I hurt my, my um, hamstring a couple of weeks ago. I don't want to because I don't want to get hurt anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't. Well, I could still do something even with a, with a sore hamstring. So it really just is tweaking that mindset piece. I think sometimes too, we get hung up on our expectations in our head. 
or maybe I'm just telling you about me. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> so we get hung up on our expectations in our head. So we have this vision of what we want to do. And so whether that vision came from our own ideas or social media or whatever it happens to be, but then when it comes time to, to actually do the thing, we, we get so hung up on, is it going to work out? Or am I going to, the mind, like you said, mind, our mindset is off and our expectations can be off. And it really sets ourselves backwards and to not follow through. It does. And it's the expectations that we have on ourselves. More often than not, like nobody else has any, you know, has the type of expectations on us than we do. We're really mm-hmm. hard on ourselves, especially as women. We are really hard on ourselves. And one of the things we're really bad at is just letting go. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you know, whatever it is that we want to do. And like you said, you know, the expectation, we have this expectation that we're going to do this grandiose thing. Well, why not just attempt it? Mm-hmm. So say, you know, I'm going to go out and run three miles. Don't really feel like it, nah, you know, big, lot of, lot of laudable goal. Well, why not just go outside? We love to talk about outside. Mm-hmm. Walk around the block, see if you can run a mile. You know, it's those, you know, doing something is much better than doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think with the expectation piece in, and that mindset piece is we have this grand expectation. If we can't reach that, we're not going to do it. Right, right. And that's where we set ourselves up to fail and we haven't even done anything yet. We haven't even stepped outside yet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and I think too, you know, having, well, along with expectations, well, for me, what I found is maybe my schedule changed and what I wanted to do or no, what I expected to do today doesn't quite fit in. But instead, I, I'm kind of trying to change my mindset is pick an activity. So there's a few things that I can do. And I don't have the, ex, maybe not the expectation of completing this one thing, but I'm going to complete something. And today I got to choose what that something is. It's some, for some reason, it takes the pressure off the silly games we play with our head. Absolutely. It's all about the choices that we make, mm-hmm. you know, and just because you can't do something today doesn't mean you can't do it tomorrow, next week. Um, but you're hundred percent right. Doing something, you know, those small steps really can lead to huge changes, you know, whether it's in your, you know, we're looking at your diet in your exercise, in your mindset, um, all of the, all that it takes is one small decision. Mm-hmm. And Don't we have to, each- Oh, sorry. No, it's that like each small decision and, you know, kind of um, adds, you know, it kind of, it's like a, a multiplier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was thinking what you were saying, what you were going to say, that small decision is important. But I think that we also have to remind ourselves how we feel after we complete the thing. Such a big part of it. You know, it's mm-hmm. that celebration piece that, mm-hmm. that we tend to ignore. We kind of go, okay, did that, check the box, next mm-hmm. thing. And you're right. How do you feel, um, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, all of those pieces are so important. And, you know, when we complete something, like I said, even if it's, you know, walking around the block or just being outside for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. that can change our entire mindset, just going out and being outside in nature and doing something different. Mm-hmm. And even taking five minutes to step away from your desk or because sometimes that five turns into 10 and that's even better. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, so the, the whole Pomodoro idea of the Pomodoro is, <clears throat> you know, you work for, <clears throat> excuse me, 45 minutes and then 
you get up for 10 and then you work again for another whatever 45 minutes and then you get up and this time you you know you get up for 20 minutes um and we're more productive that way mm -hmm. you know and in this you know in this day and age you know we want you know we we expect to get so much done we have all of this technology that's supposed to actually make things faster uh, it doesn't work that way for me <laughs> <laughs> i seem to work harder and more hours with technology but it, you know, if you can get really sucked into just sitting at your computer at your desk and not moving, mm -hmm. and then by the end of the day at five o'clock or whatever time you're walking away from your desk, all of a sudden, yeah, you know, all you know, your back is sore, your shoulders hurt. Um, those ten minutes, uh, ten minutes since just walking away. That's that's me, and it's it's hard, and you you have to remind yourself. So, are there certain triggers or certain things that people should look for in their behavior or also remind themselves off what are some handy thoughts that people should have for themselves through this process i think if you are struggling with letting something go that's the first to me that's one of the first signs like you know i didn't do something yesterday oh i didn't do this oh i should do this oh you know why didn't i do this um you know how am i going to do it you know, letting something go and just saying, okay, well, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. What can I, what can I do differently? What did I learn from this? Uh, and I think looking at things like everything is a, is a gift or an opportunity mm -hmm. to learn when we're, when, when you find yourself stuck, letting something go, when, like we said a minute ago, when you find yourself just sitting, kind of staring at the computer going, I know I need to finish this. I need to finish this you know, that, that kind of obsessive compulsive type of behavior that we, a lot of us can get into. Mm. Those are the triggers for me. Um, and I see it in myself. Some days I see it with many of my clients. Um, I, I spoke to somebody just this morning and she's like, you know, I didn't leave my desk yesterday until eight o'clock last night. And I asked her, I said, well, what were you doing? She said, well, I was doing this and trying to, trying to get these things, three things done at once rather than do one, finish it, and then move forward. take a couple of minutes clear your head move on to the next right so she said you know she was just like a big jumbled mess because she was trying to do too many things at once which of course you know as women we think we're really good at multitasking but we're not you know your mind can only think of you know work on one thing at a time mm -hmm. and yeah. so that's a perfect opportunity finish do do what you're working on work what you're working on whether it's finished or not give yourself a time get up and walk away Mm -hmm. And that's a perfect opportunity to try something, to look, look at something new or work on something different. Yeah, that's really good. And I think too, where we're, so many people are still working from home and that's almost become the new norm. You'd think that, well, if I'm working from home, that gives me some opportunity to toss in some laundry or start some food or go outside for a moment. But I don't know, for me, it's still, it's, it's, I don't have any other distractions coming in. I just have me and the dogs. So um, there's nothing that's breaking my mind, my thought process to remind me to get up off of my chair. Right. And when we're in working in offices, we'd have a meeting. So you get up from your desk, even mm -hmm. if you were went into another room and sat down at a different table, you still got up mm -hmm. and there was a change of scenery, change of, you know, there was a different type of interaction. There were other people in the room where, you know, nowadays with so many of us working from home and many of us have been working from home for a long time now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been working from home, I don't know, for almost 10 years, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
And the difference is for me, like, like you, you, you said, Jean, there's, there's no other stimulation. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. if my, my husband will come home early and I can hear him walking upstairs and, you know, I'll, and, and often that'll prompt me to say, you know, what, let me just go up and say hello. But that, you know, that could be at four o'clock in the afternoon. Right. After you sat too long. <laughs> right. So, you know, and, and, you know, talking about this, you know, idea of, you know, sitting too long and sitting in our computers and not getting outside as often as we would like. Um, what happens with this, um, the movement piece, you know, moving forward with our mindset is the first, first thing we need to, to focus on. But then of course, is that, that exercise movement piece. Because if we're not, if we are not moving our body, you know, our joints get sore, our necks get sore. Um, this is, you know, this is when, you know, we start to notice, you know, weight gain creep in. And, you know, as we get older, weight gain is really hard on our bodies. Um, it also is, you know, increases chance of cardiovascular disease, obesity, certain cancers. And really, if it's all it takes to kind of keep yourself going is to get up and go outside and go for a walk, that's a great reason to do it, everyone. <laughs> Just get out and walk. But then, of course, you know, when you're moving your body, um, the last piece that I like to talk about when I talk about movement is, you know, movement in inside your body. Mm. So, you know, I talk uh, to my clients about eating real food, you know, whole foods, natural foods, the way um, they were basically uh, meant to be eaten. And what with that is we want to make sure that we're digesting that food properly. Mm. So one, if you're eating, if you're eating good food, if you're eating nutritious food, that does help. But also the movement when you're exercising helps your body to uh, to, to digest that food a lot easier. Um, and it keeps you, you know, it keeps you from feeling that, you know, that bloated feeling that you can get, especially if you've been sitting and then you sit at lunch and you mm -hmm. don't get up. And by the, like after lunch, you kind of sit there going, oh, I don't feel so good. Mm -hmm. Bloating, constipation. And of course, what that leads to down the road is um, could lead to um, gastroenterology uh, problems like um, uh, IBS mm -hmm. or um, reflux. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people think, oh, it's not such a big deal. Reflux is, is a real disease and people really struggle with it. And so again, you know, this whole idea of moving, you know, getting your mindset in a moving in a positive direction, moving your body in a positive way. And then of course that leads to being able to digest and, and feel good. And the, the whole goal here is to live a healthy, happy life that works for you. And if these are, these are just three pieces of that, one major piece with two sub pieces, we'll say. <laughs> well, great. Thank you. And so remind us always, as always, where people can find you. Okay. You can find me on livinghealthylist.com. Uh, that's my website. And then you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and on Pinterest uh, and YouTube. I'm all there and, uh, at Living Healthy List. And we'd love to see you. Great. Thanks, Denise. And keep moving. Thanks, Jean. Keep moving. Hello again, and welcome to our main segment. And hi, Megan. How are you? I am good. How are you today, Jean? Great. I'm so excited about this. Let me read a little piece of your bio and then we'll get started. And so as I turn my phone ringing off, hold on a second. When you should have hit the do not disturb and you don't. 
Good stuff. Okay, so Megan. Megan is a certified executive and executive and career coach, author, noted speaker, and she works with high achieving professionals and teams to unlock their full potential, develop leadership skills, and boost confidence to overcome obstacles and thrive in their organization and careers. So tell us a little bit about you, how you started, and what brought you to this path. We'll start there and then we'll dig through all this. Oh, sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. And um, so I'm actually in my third career and um, I've been doing this now for about 10, 12 years. And prior to this, and, and really it's my why for why I'm a career and executive coach, is I spent 20 years selling municipal bonds in a small bond shop and a um, bunch of guys, not really leaders right there, subject matter experts. And I, you know, 20 years did well, worked hard and really got burnt out. And over a two year period realized, wow, I've lost the pulse on myself and my family uh, works great. And yet I really probably need to focus on them now. So after scaling back my hours for two years, I just jumped ship, you know, that, okay, you know, I'll figure out my career. I need to get home and help these kids going into junior high and high school. And it was through that difficult career transition by choice that I realized, wow, this is really hard. I've lost my career identity. I've always worked. Who am I? What am I going to do? Because I like to work. And it was through this difficult transition that I um, you know, did a lot of inner work, came upon coaching, um, signed up for a program. And that's what really ignited this passion for both executive and career coaching. So, yeah. Wow. And so what a brave move. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, it was more of, it, it was just like, there was no other choice, right? Mm -hmm. It was, uh, what's more important, family, myself, or work? And, and it was, it was really, I had a, a really, um, a huge wake up call one day when on my career day, you know, the day I'd been waiting for grossed what I would normally gross in three months in one day. And I realized, wow, here's my career day. Hmm. Why do I feel so empty, unfulfilled and not happy? Oh, maybe it's because I've been focused on, you know, this mindset of the key to success is to work hard and make money. When really, I I really shifted that mindset to it's about relationships, right? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, and that's what that's what gave me the courage and um, the 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 uh, the courage to to make that change. Did you expect that it would be that difficult afterwards? Great the identity piece. Not at all. I mean, we go through transition all the time, change in transition. And that was probably one of the hardest transitions I've ever been through because think about it, when you work full-time, that defines you. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it defines your schedules, your family, your friendships. And it really left me realizing, wow, who am I? What am I good at? What do I like to do for fun? I don't really have any friends. All I do is work and, you know, take care of the kids and I'm a wife. So it was a real big wake up call. And how, you know, it is identity because when you introduce yourself to others, it is, hello, this is my name and this is what I do. And now all of a sudden there's a, a lack of the sentence. 
Right. And I think it was, you know, to your point, it's easy for us to get wrapped up in our identity and mm -hmm. really um, just let that run, run. We, we lose our authentic self mm -hmm. when we get caught up in an identity of maybe being a mother of work, being a daughter, a volunteer, and we lose ourself and mm -hmm. those roles and responsibilities when it's so important to be operating from your authentic mm. self. I think we discount those two. We discount the, the, the roles of a volunteer or the roles of a mother or a parent, and unfortunately, in, a, in our culture, because those are not career goals, which doesn't make any sense at all. Those are really important. And especially when you have teenagers, I think teenagers need parents home more than, they, than the younger kids. Well, and that's what I thought. I always thought, well, you know, if work's going well and the family's going well, I'm going to keep working. And it was when my kids were going into junior high and high school, I thought, well, no, that's when I need to be around to do the friend mm -hmm. test, the smell test, the drug yeah. test, right? Like, <laughs> you know, be emotionally available for them. And I do have to tell you, when I announced I was retiring, my two kids looked at me and said, why are you going to stay home? They're like, no, I care about you. Why weren't you around in grammar school? I was like, ah, well, so even though it was harder, it was a good thing. Yeah. And, and it's interesting what you went through. So many people go through when they retire. So they've spent their working lifetime within a career choice or a career. And then all of a sudden they retire without a hobby and without something to do or some interest and how almost how fortunate you went through that at that point in time to reinvent yourself to be able to, when it comes time to truly retire with a different mindset. Yeah. And, and thank you. And it really was a good learning experience. And also the other learning experience was you know, when you're in midlife and maybe you've been doing something for 20 to 30 years mm -hmm. and you're good at it, however, it's not satisfying. I'm here to say you don't have to settle mm -hmm. and yet don't jump, jump ship like I did without a plan. Let me work with you to create the plan because really you're in the perfect situation. You're not desperate. You're, you know, you're valued in your company. However, let's take the time to really create the plan um, to get you to where you want to be. Because mm -hmm. I think we're constantly changing and evolving and it's so important not to settle. Mm -hmm. I think so. And that's a really great segue to talk, to get into the coaching piece and, and how important it was, it was for you to personally experience those feelings and, and walk that walk through the process in order to be able to understand here's how, where people are and here's what they're feeling or here's what they're going to feel as they're transitioning to the next step or within, within their career advancements. Yes, I've been in their shoes and mm -hmm. I'm not them. I've, I've walked in similar shoes and um, the first step that and I think what I learned by going through the coach program is in order to make um, a career change, the first step is to do the inner work, as I call it. Mm. It's the introspection, you know, it's identifying 
really understanding what are your values, right? Who are you and what's important to you? Identifying your strengths. What innately do you do well? What are your professional skills? Where have your success has been? So in a way, it's listing that career capital, as I call it. And that's what helps you get in touch with you. Mm-hmm. And your, you know, the, the core, as I call it, your, you know, that inner GPS system, like who are you and what, what drives your life? And, and it's all those wonderful um, innate resources that we have and forget about that we really want to tap into to then go um, and create those outer goals of what could I do next? What do I want to do next? And actually, when I've worked with clients mid-career, for instance, who are trying to figure out, should I make a career pivot or not? This inner work gives them clarity, right? Mm -hmm. You start with self-awareness, which then creates clarity. And some people realize, wow, you know, the grass isn't greener. I'm going to stay here. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I really want to stay in this industry. I just need to change companies because it's toxic. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, career pivot, going to do it. In, in that inner work is no, it's not discussed, it's not encouraged, and it really has, it really gets backfilled on top of when you're, you're on top of itself with just layers of who cares about inner work, because I'm supposed to be doing this job and this job is what I do, but that inner work really is important to be able, I love how you said that maybe it is just to redefine in your brain what you're doing and put a fresh look on what you're currently doing and saying, this isn't, this is really great, but you have to have that, that new perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that inner worker where is where all your answers are, right? That's where the good stuff is. Otherwise it's easy to let us let the external world run our lives or Mm -hmm. tolerate or settle. And I, in my practice, because the inner work was so, you know, it helped me redefine who I am or remind myself who I am and what I want to do moving forward. And I'm pretty process oriented. So I created tools and exercises Mm. to help people really bring that inner work to the surface. Mm -hmm. Because once it's concrete, then it's easier to, you know, then, then you really get clarity. What do you see when people are determining and defining this? What changes do you see in people through that process? Uh, Great question. Um, Well, the first thing is most people that work with me are afraid to do the inner work. That's where I was going. Right. They don't know where to get started. (laughs) And they're afraid because they may find out that they're in the wrong job. They're, you know, doing something, they're, they're not good enough, right? It's all those limiting beliefs and sort of the fears and, and, and that, that we might unlock when, when actually that's where um, I like to say, that's the loving voice. That's the heart. That's who we really are. And Yes, it's scary to hit the pause button and get real quiet and do that introspection. Mm -hmm. And so I partner with them so that we do it together. And what I find clients walk away with from this inner work is just this reminder of, yeah, yeah, yep, that that's me. And and it's that, and that, and it's it's helping remind them and believing in themselves and ability Mm -hmm. versus looking for that 
recognition from the outside world. Because at the end of the day, we've got to take care and manage ourselves. Mm-hmm. I love that you're guiding people through that because you know you hear inner work a lot now lately. It seems to be one of the buzzwords that's out there, but actually striving to get to that point, especially where you are not in a, a career field that that has ever recognized or given that any validity before that is really hard. Well, it is. And yeah. And, and yet, so, or maybe I'm just talking for myself, but no, no, I think it is. I think, well, you know, it's, it's needs to be done. And, and this inner work, you know, which is kind of, you know, I have this inside out process, right? The inside is this inner work and the outside are setting those outer goals. And the beauty of doing this inner work, Gene, is that there's so many places to leverage it. Mm-hmm. So for instance, when you do this inner work and you bring to the surface your career capital, update your resume, update your LinkedIn profile, create your personal brand statement, right? That's how you want to be known and you know what sets you apart. It's if you're a rising leader or the CEO this is going to help you be a better leader because you're going to know what you're good at. You're going to know who to partner with to compliment you. Um, you know, it, 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 it's so helpful to network. It's helpful to just see the gaps in your career as to, oh, I probably need to add this professional certification or go this route. Or so it's really just, you know, hugely um invaluable. That's interesting because it does, it, it does, I can see how it will give you the ability to define who, who or what you're doing and, and how that works into personal branding. Can we talk about the personal branding piece for just a second? Sure. Because well, as you and I both know, because I attended your personal branding class so you can put a name to it. I apologize for not having the right name, but it was phenomenal. And I, you know, I'm self-employed. I don't, I don't need a resume, right? So I'm, I am never going to work for anybody else again because I would be a terrible employee. So that's what I think that, as you know, that's what happens when you start working for yourself. But I didn't realize how, even though all of that, I didn't realize how important that branding statement really was until I took your class. Well, thank you. Um, And it was great to have you there. So in this one hour personal branding workshop, introduction to personal branding workshop, it it really is an opportunity to to just define personal branding. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those nebulous words like networking. What does it really mean and how can it really help me? Mm -hmm. And personal branding really is a way a professional and our business really um, articulates their services and products and what sets them apart. And the important thing about having a brand statement is how you as a professional want to be known, right? Because if you don't create your brand, others will create it for you. Mm. And really, who knows you better than you, right? They're basing it off of their perception of you. So Um, what's the difference between a brand and a mission statement? Okay, so a brand statement is really, again, two to three sentences that speak to the tangible value you bring, mm-hmm. your uniqueness, strengths, um, maybe it's your expertise, and then, of course, the target, your target audience. 
-hmm. A mission statement is a little bit similar. However, a mission statement, and I think of a mission statement more for a team or a company, speaks to, um, you know, what's our mission here? What are we here to provide mm. clients? And how do we do it? And um, what are the resources we use? Whereas the brand is just, you know, when you, when you, it's your reputation, it's, it's your character. I mean, mm. think about, think about some of the, the, the brand names we see. Um, so for instance, when you think of Disney, Walt Disney, family fun. Um, so the idea is when you have a brand or a statement, um, people recognize what you stand for. And as Jeff Bezos says, it's what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's more of your uniqueness, your tangible value, where is a mission statement is more of eh, kind of how we, we do things, right? It, it's not how you're known. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That's very good. It's good to delineate the two because it went before I took the class, I didn't realize in, in my head, they were the same thing, but they are really very different. Well, and someone like you, who is a financial advisor, you know, there's a lot of financial advisors and mm -hmm you want to have a personal brand statement to set you apart because mm -hmm. yes, I believe in abundance, right? And there are, there are enough clients for all of all the financial advisors. However, you want to create that statement that really speaks to you about you and that will attract that perfect client for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's really, Thank you for stating that because that's what I got out of the class. And so that was hugely helpful for me, really helpful. And so I wonder, do you have, so you're, you talk to people that are in transition, but also, and do you think that, well, let me, let me reword that. I think, here's my opinion. I think that everybody that's been in their job for any length of time needs to talk to somebody like you to refresh themselves so that they're better or to help them realize that uh, what you've already said, yes, I'm really great at where I am. And I'm now I'm more excited about what I do or, oh, maybe I could transition this into something else for this next stage. Absolutely. Yes. And so in dealing with people who are making career changes or in job search, it's so it's critical because it's, it's helping you really own who you are, your self abilities and sell yourself. It also works internally. Let's say you want to advance in your company. Mm -hmm. A personal brand statement is always speaking to the position you're seeking. And so having a brand statement in a company is a great way to toot your horn. It's a great way to find a mentor or a sponsor to help you mm. become more visible as you want more career advancement. It's a great way to have a career conversation with your boss, right? Or I'm actually next week, I'm going to be working with an HR team um, that uh, we're going to craft their brand statement. So they want to have a brand within their company. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So even not just an individual, but a group, right. a department. Interesting. Yeah. So lots of different ways to use it. So how is, how is this, if you look at um, current Megan versus past Megan, how has this transition for you changed you? Mm. Great question. Uh, I think the biggest thing is I'm 
I'm really showing up authentically. I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I've created a business that's in alignment for me, my mm. strength, my values. Um, I'm helping people, um, you know, with their careers and, mm -hmm. and the passion that I have um, for this is, is very strong. And it's humbling when, you know, after working with a client, they've, they've gotten to their destination and, you know, they've done all the work and, and it's just inspiring and humbling to um, be in the passenger seat with them as they, mm -hmm. as they go. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. And so as what types of, we talked about the branding class and we've talked about some general processes that you use. What, what does it look like working with you or what is the process for people? No, so first question, what does it look like working for you? Question number two, what is the process when people through, through the coaching program? And then thirdly, which maybe should have really been first is follow along here is, you know, what are some thoughts that people should actually as we're talking to Denise, we're talking about mindset. What are some mindset thoughts that people should go, oh, maybe I do need this help? Yeah. Well, you know, and as Denise was talking about mindset, it's all about mindset, right? Mm -hmm. All about mindset. Our thoughts create a reality. And I wish somebody had told me that back in first grade, oh, right? Seriously. Why did I have to wait till I was in my 40s and 50s to figure that out? So um, things that I hear are, I'm really stuck in my career. I don't know what to do, or mm. I'm really unsatisfied or I'm unhappy and I'm not sure what to do. Or um, I'm in job search. I'm always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Mm. Or um, if I'm dealing with a, a an executive that's gotten a 360, well, my feedback is I'm a micromanager. Um, I'm not available. I I don't know how to lead. I've never led. I've just moved up the ranks and I'm a subject matter expert. And so it's teaching the executive leadership skills and, and how to empower and develop, right? It's all mm -hmm. the soft skills. So where they're struggling to influence or to find their voice, manage up, manage down. If it's the job seeker selling themselves or trying to figure out, um, you know, what to do next or, or should I make a career pivot? And um, midlife, yeah, it's, 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 I'm stuck. What mm -hmm. I'm doing is not getting me anywhere. And so it's really these individuals that know that they need help. Mm -hmm. Do you think, do you think that, did you see a difference in people wanting to have these conversations after COVID versus before COVID? Yes, I mm -hmm. had a lot of people, uh, and I have to say, a lot of men came out, came for, you know, reached out to me during COVID saying, you know, and they're in their forties and early fifties and they're killing it, killing it at work, yet they're not satisfied. And mm -hmm. yeah, they're really ready to do this inner work to find out, okay, what's next for my career, because I'm not sure if I need to make a change. Um, and so in working with someone, um, normally when I work with someone, it's, I start with either six sessions or 10 sessions. And the first session is discovery, right? I want to get your history and your background. Let's set some goals around coaching. And then this, the next step would be to, um, based on what I hear, 
get, give assessments and exercises, you know, strength assessment. There's, I have a mindset slash attitude assessment, you know, to, to uncover maybe any limiting thoughts buried in the subconscious that are working against you or those working for you. Uh, among other things. And then the third phase is really the coaching sessions. And, and we talk about goals. Um, we see what's getting in the way. And I'm there to be the accountability partner, provide professional guidance to get you there. Um, so if that's the customized coaching, the other route is maybe someone just wants to work with me to craft their brand. And mm -hmm. that's six sessions. And we're going to do the discovery. You're going to do the strength finder and a few other you know, bring up your career inventory. And then I've got a three-step process to craft your brand statement mm. from all of that career inventory. And then from there, they can just, you know, leverage it. Uh, like I said, LinkedIn resume, if you're in job search, that's the foundation for all your interview answers or tell me about yourself. So, mm -hmm. um, or networking, looking for jobs. So and it takes it to a, a very a more true, authentic ability to answer these questions versus, you know, what are your strengths and you're rattling off the same things that everybody else is saying. Right. So you're actually it's providing it's customized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your own information. Right. So so as you're helping people, right? So your job is to work with people and transition them through their their life paths what do you do to refuel yourself and take care of yourself through this process oh and that is so important especially um you know because you know during covid is hard and and i'm an extrovert and i like people and it was really hard and so um one thing I do need to do, and as Denise talked about, is move. I have to move my body because to me, moving my body is almost is really meditative, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I know is what makes me, Megan, the happiest is when I get up in the morning and do an exercise first. And that could be like this morning I got up and ran. Um, 30 minutes. Did I want to do it? No. Did I do it? Yeah. Because I thought about how I would feel when I was done. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and then I wouldn't feel guilty sitting all day working mm -hmm. um, or I'll go to yoga or there's a wonderful forest preserve not far from me that um, I'll go and take a walk um, or run because nature just re-energizes me. Um, the other thing that re-energizes me is I love to cook and bake. So I'm always trying new recipes and like, you know, is this good? No, rate it one to 10 or, um, I don't know. I just, I like cooking and using my hands. So um, I like to cook too. I'm doing, I'm on an ice cream. I'm oh. on an ice cream, uh, mission right now. So you'll have to let me know. Yeah. I'm well, the whole family is really impressed and now. And so now I have to keep up with the supply and demand. <laughs> I bet, I but bet. it's a lot of, but it is, I, I do, I do can, the, the cooking piece is really a great outlet. And so if you're cooking and baking and making ice cream, the movement is way more important. Sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, um, I think the, you know, and I, I, friends and family, um, I think the other thing for me, one of my key words this year is fun, you know, looking for fun activities. Okay. What, what am I going to do this weekend for fun? And who am I, because I need things to look forward to. Um, however, but day to day, it's 
have I moved my body for 30 minutes? And is it, it, it could be a number of different things. And um, yeah, it, and, and ideally it's first thing in the morning when, you know, I'm half asleep, so I don't realize what I'm doing. And then I know that when I can sit down, I'm more focused, I'm happier, I'm more focused. Um, and you, you both were talking about the importance of getting up every so often. Yeah, I, I, the other thing I've done is every day I schedule between 12 and one, that's my time. I don't schedule clients and I don't work. I make lunch or take a walk or run an errand. That's my time. Because mm. I could sit and work all day. Mm -hmm. And there have been days, Jean, uh, not not too, you know, a couple of weeks ago where it was really cold and windy. I didn't go out at all. And mm -hmm. I felt so guilty. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And your mindset is just not right either. Totally. It mm -hmm. shifts, you know, that exercise or moving your body changes your whole mindset. It does. And it, and so you're in Chicago. And, and so when, when you think of Chicago and you think winter, you think staying inside is a great idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm all about the wind now. It's like, what's the wind? Okay. It's, it was about five mile an hour. I can go. It was fine. Yeah. It was 30 yeah. degrees and you know, it was really nice. And so I have to tell myself, Megan, you've lived in Chicago all your life. You have the clothes, yeah. just put on the layers, just do it. Go. Just like Denise was saying, just go get outside because it's so true. Once you get outside, boy, it's like, wow, I think I'll do this or I'll think I'll do that versus no, I'm not going to do anything. And it clears that fog, the mental fog. Sure does. It sure does. Yeah, which comes from sitting at your desk and computer too long, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, so um, you're in Chicago, and are you working with clients only in Chicago, or do you work virtually? I work virtually, and I work in person, and I've got clients all over. Um, in fact, yesterday, I was fortunate enough to go downtown to see a client in, I had an in-person meeting, hadn't seen them in a while. However, coaching is virtual. So mm -hmm. I, I can coach anyone anywhere. Fantastic. And so where do people find you? People will find me on my website, walscareercoach.com, mm -hmm. or they can email me, Megan at walscareercoach.com. Um, I also have a news monthly newsletter that I send out. Um, that they can email me or sign up for. And I usually give a coaching tip or a story, uh, just some sort of professional development um, topic. Wonderful. Yeah. And we'll make sure we put those in the show notes too. Uh, Megan, I want to thank you for being here and thank you for your branding course. So everybody needs to at least do that and that'll work into everything else. And um, thank you for your time and your conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Me too. And thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and um, this is such a great outlet that you've created. So um, again, many thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. Today's show is sponsored by my Seaside Solutions, my financial services company. As a business owner, it's easy to be pulled in many different directions and often taking care of yourself plummets to the bottom of the list. For me, I find myself outside to reground. My time outdoors helps me manage my day more effectively and be more present for my clients. 
through this, Discover Rising Tides was born. At Seaside Solutions, we truly believe that education is the foundation of financial wellness. Our primary focus is to provide guidance that is designed to help you achieve your long-term financial goals and visions. Working with a plan allows space for doing more things that you love, like being outside to make the inside better. If I can help you create or realign your plan, or if you would like to be added to my weekly newsletter, please let me know. This week's topic was five ways to set more achievable goals. Your referral means the big, beautiful world to me. And if I can help, please let me know. And thank you so much for listening and see you next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.